this week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we finish Titus with Devoted to Good Works and then move into Ruth with Intro to Ruth, Naomi Prepares to Return to Bethlehem, Ruth's Loyalty, and Call Me No More, Naomi. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. One of the big truths that emerged with the election of Donald Trump was he was the first to garner not just a majority of evangelical votes, but a supermajority of evangelical votes. It's often said upward of 80% of American evangelicals voted for Donald Trump. Now, a lot of that depends on how you define evangelical or if, when asked, people are just allowed to define it for themselves. There are a new breed of evangelicals that the media are beginning to notice. Some of them don't go to church. Some of them may not even be Christian. So what makes them evangelical? Greetings and welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're going to talk about the definition of evangelical. Pastor Hans Feeney joins us. He's pastor of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in St. Louis, a contributor to The Federalist, creator of a series of comical videos called Lutheran Satire, and author of a recent column for World News Group, titled A New Kind of Evangelical. Hans, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Just this morning, I was listening to National Public Radio, and they noted that Donald Trump enjoys strong support among white evangelicals. How do you think the word evangelical is being defined in that context? I think typically when the media says that, what they mean is the bad kind of Christians. So the Christians that are from their view, overly obsessed with the Bible, those who are opposed to abortion, gay marriage, those types of things, those who have embarrassing views about the creation of the world, things of that nature, but who then also are hypocritical by virtue of aligning themselves with a man who in his words and deeds does not always live the most Christian of lives. Where did this word evangelical come from? Yeah, the word evangelical itself etymologically comes from uh, the Greek word euangelion, which is good news, right, which is just sort of the word for the gospel. Uh, And the word has kind of a weird history, I suppose, when it comes to how it's been associated with various religious movements. So Lutherans were really the first ones to call themselves evangelicals. We didn't start off calling ourselves Lutherans. That would have been arrogant and weird and rude. But rather, we use the term evangelical for ourselves in distinguishing ourselves from the Roman Catholic Church, uh, seeking to show that we were a gospel-focused church body, a gospel-focused confession of faith centered on the forgiveness of sins that's a free gift given to all mankind and received through faith alone. But the term Lutheran ended up kind of becoming a pejorative for us that stuck in a way, especially as we came to America. So in, in Europe, for example, you'll find the historic... European church bodies or the state churches will oftentimes not even have Lutheran in their name, but will be called the evangelical church. But here in America, when folks came over here, we typically were called Lutherans. And then what came to be known as how most people think of evangelical today, that's a term that really kind of comes about, I think, is start, first starts being used in an, in an American context describing sort of later groups of the Reformation that came about but groups that had 
had a high regard for the inerrancy of the scriptures, so they were distinguished from a lot of the modernism that had been coming into uh, mainline church bodies at that point. So that term begins being used around the 1800s, 1830s or so, and then it kind of ends up becoming a sort of offshoot of fundamentalism. So the fundamentalist is sort of like the reverse of the term Lutheran, where Lutheran starts out as an epithet, and then we started using it as a symbol of pride. And fundamentalist was originally a term meant to describe people who held to certain fundamental doctrines. If you went into a church, if you couldn't be certain that the church or the pastor held to the virgin birth, the incarnation of Christ, the miracles of Christ, things of this nature, if you called yourself a fundamentalist, that was a way of indicating that you held to certain doctrines. But then fundamentalists came to kind of have a negative connotation of sort of an over-the-top grumpy person. So this is where, in many ways, the term evangelical will come to be a bit more favorable from that. Uh, there's an old sort of an old joke that an evangelical is a fundamentalist who isn't mad. It's kind of the idea. So that's basically where the term comes from. So it's typically people, by and large, folks that you'll you'll find have a rejection of infant baptism, belief in what they would call believer's baptism, on some spectrum of the memorialist view on the Lord's Supper, so not believing that Christ is bodily present in the sacrament of the altar. So having what we would typically think of in America as like a Baptist or non-denominational kind of view of the sacraments, as well as conversion, a high regard for people having a conversion experience or leading what they would call a born-again life, a lot of variety in church organizational structure, and a lot kind of probably tilting a bit more in the independent structure uh, variety as opposed to specific church bodies that have a very kind of clear hierarchy. So that's basically what the term evangelical has meant for quite some time. But it's it, especially since President Trump's election back in 2016, it seems that there's a kind of concentrated effort on the part of the media to turn evangelical into a slur that basically means dumb Christian who hypocritically supports Donald Trump. You uh, cite a New York Times article about evangelical support for Trump. What were your concerns with it? Well, the whole article just kind of begs the question as to what an evangelical is. So the, the general scope of the article is that Donald Trump is essentially carving out new terrain with a, a new kind of evangelical. And in particular, these are evangelicals who will identify themselves as Christians, who have some sort of vestiges of Christianity in their life where they pray, they think about God, but they don't go to church. And they don't seem to feel much guilt over the fact that they don't go to church. They don't really think they need to go to church. But that more of their orientation is aimed in the political realm. So my issue with the article is the article just presumes that people who have the view of you don't have to go to church ever to be a Christian or to be leading a Christian life, I suppose. The article just sort of presumes that's a legitimate wing of evangelicalism in the same way that, say, in the in the Lutheran world, if we were to say, well, some Lutheran church bodies have bishops, some don't. We can have them or don't have them. You know, you'll find both groups in there. But with this article, it's, it's very much this presumption that, oh, yeah, there, there, of course, there's always been a strain of evangelicals who've said that going to church is entirely incidental in your Christian life. So you have to kind of pause and you go, well, wait a minute, is that, are you describing a, a new evangelical or are you describing a not 
evangelical, right? So evangelical is not a term that I use for myself, at least in the common parlance, the way that it's used. I certainly hope I'm very gospel-centered in my life, but in terms of, of the theological presuppositions behind the term evangelical, that's not a way I describe myself. So on the one hand, I don't have a dog in this fight, but on the other hand, I just think it's destructive to both theological and political discourse to push people into a group so that you can play guilt by association with the people who properly belong to the group, which is very much what I see the article doing. So it seems to me the whole point is we're going to treat people who don't really have any legitimate claim to be considered evangelicals. We're going to treat them as legitimate evangelicals so that we can say that the actual real evangelicals are bad guys for belonging to the same group as these people who have varying degrees of idolatry scented to full-blown idolatrous views of President Trump. Demographer Ryan Burge recently reported that self-identified white Republican evangelicals, that self-identified, which is the barn door swinging all the way open, who never attend church, went from 36% in 2008 to 60% in 2022. What does this tell you? Well, like I said, this is, I think this is just an example of, of the slur becoming a positive identification, right? People adopting the slur as a way to proudly stand in defiance of those who are criticizing them, right? So again, when the term Lutheran was originally tossed around, it was Roman Catholics saying to Lutherans, saying to those who are calling themselves evangelicals, you guys are just followers of Luther. You're just followers of some guy right? As opposed to us, we, we are the church instituted by Christ, right? And the Lutheran response was essentially, well, you know what? Luther was awesome. So we, we agree with so much of what he said. We believe that Luther was entirely focused on the gospel, at least in his disputes with the Roman Catholic Church. So we will proudly say that, you know, in, in the same way that, you know, if you're from the Midwest and someone from the East Coast just says, well, you guys in, in Indiana or Illinois or Missouri, you're just a bunch of hicks. And you bear the term proudly to stand in defiance of those who would criticize you. Well, I think what's happened during the Trump administration is that the media was so intent on demonizing evangelical Christians that it kept calling people that weren't really necessarily evangelical Christians, evangelical Christians. And what that taught people was evangelical means idiot people who are generally emotionally favorable to Christianity who support Trump. So that's what the slur meant, right? That if you are someone who, who supported Trump's presidency, if you like the idea of churches being open, even if you don't particularly want to go to one, if you think that Christians should be left alone to practice their faith however they see fit, even if you don't particularly want to practice their faith with them, then that, that's an evangelical, the media told you. So for these folks, they said, great, wonderful, then that's what I am. Evangelical is what you call yourself if you are uh, generally positively emotionally dispositioned towards the goodness of the Christian church and if you support Donald Trump. And I think that's just what's ended up happening here is people who normally would not have called themselves evangelicals just spent several years hearing the term used as a slur against themselves, basically, and then said, okay, great, fine, then that's what I am. It's odd to me that as much as the media generally use that term evangelical and want to weld together 
conservative Christians and Donald Trump, I haven't seen anyone ask Donald Trump whether he's an evangelical and whether he fits. Right. The, but he certainly seems to fit the new definition, generally favorably right. disposed toward the church, but sees no need for it in his own life. Right. Yeah, well, and of course, the funny thing is, too, is that if you look at the statistics on this, the more frequently evangelicals go to church, the less enthusiastically they support Donald Trump. So you'll find a lot of, of regular churchgoers who will kind of hold their nose and vote for him, as a lot of people have done, or who will say, well, I like a lot of his policies, but I don't like the way he talks about things. But it, the people who are the most kind of unwavering in their support of him are people who go to church less frequently. And the reality of this is that, so if you define that as a generally politically conservative person, right, a generally politically conservative Christian who wants certain policies, but is uncomfortable with the licentiousness of who's giving those policies to them, evangelicals aren't any different than any other Christian group in the country, right? So if you look at Roman Catholics who go to church more often, tend to vote Republican. Lutherans who go to church more often tend to vote for the Republican Party, tend to uh, support a conservative political agenda more often. So it's a trend across all lines, but I think simply because even it, it's even stronger amongst evangelicals, evangelicals tend to be associated in people's mind as more Southern people, which is kind of one of the only groups in the world you're allowed to just be openly bigoted <laughs> towards. And you kind of combine all those things that's what you end up getting is this is this narrative for them to push as though there's something wrong with evangelicalism when really what's going on in the evangelical world is not any different from what's going on anywhere else is that the more enthusiastically generally conservative people are who support Trump the less likely they are to go to church often Pastor Hans Vini is our guest we're talking about the definition of evangelical on the other side, we'll note part of the problem is people get to define it for themselves. Here's an easy way for you to help us cast ChristNet on the Internet. Subscribe, rate, and review the Issues Etc. podcast with your podcast provider. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit the subscription button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. Help us reach more listeners in 2024. Subscribe, rate, and review Issues Etc. today. Hello, this is Roy Askins with The Lutheran Witness. You've heard me talk about all the great content we publish in the print magazine of The Lutheran Witness, but I wanted to share with you that we have even more online. Visit our website, witness.lcms.org, where you'll hear even more content on worship this month in particular from Cantor Phil Magnus. We also have a series on literature right now going on and a series on church art with much more planned in the future. You can get all that for free on witness.lcms.org. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. I'm Pastor Watson. Are you tired of entertainment and in need of the peace that passes human understanding? I invite you to Augsburg Lutheran Church in Shawnee, Kansas to receive the gifts of Jesus. Augsburg is scriptural, traditional, historical, sacramental, and reverent. The Church of the Apostles, the Councils, and the Reformers wants to be your church family also. For more information, visit us at augsburglutheranchurch.org. Lutheranism in the Public Square. 
You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Calvary Lutheran, Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Faith Lutheran, Vista, California. Hope Lutheran, Highland, Illinois. Lutheran Church of Our Redeemer, Peekskill, New York. Our Redeemer Lutheran, Dubuque, Iowa. Redeemer Lutheran, Benbrook, Texas. St. Athanasius Lutheran, Fairfax, Virginia. St. Paul Lutheran, Clorinda, Iowa. Trinity Lutheran, Austin, Texas. And Zion Lutheran, Columbus, Ohio. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. A blind sinner is carried to baptism administered by a pastor. Morning Chapel from Kramer Chapel. Live weekday mornings at 9 Central, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain, and 7 Pacific at issuesetc.org. That was the epiphany event where our eyes were opened to see the amazing grace of God in the very face of Jesus Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about the definition of evangelical with Pastor Hans Feeney, author of a recent column for World News Group titled, A New Kind of Evangelical. This is the ultimate aim of devouring the Word of Christ, of eating it, feasting on it, letting it sink deep into your mind and heart. It ever aims to form Christ within us. The key to growing more Christ-like is never found in you trying harder and harder. It is found in you listening, hearing, learning, marking, and inwardly digesting the word of Jesus, and that word will do its work within you, and you will be changed. That's from the Issues Etc. Journal, the latest article from Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. You can read it for yourself absolutely free online. Go to our website, issuesetc.org. Click the red subscription button in the right-hand column, enter your email address, and we'll send you the online Issues Etc. Journal. So, Hans, I read an honors dissertation this morning by a student who noted that part of the problem is that we let people define the word evangelical for themselves in exit polling. They're asked, are you an evangelical? And some may just say, well, I guess I'm not Catholic, so I must be an evangelical. Or I guess that's what they're calling me now since I just voted for Donald Trump. Yeah, there's there's a lady in the article, that in the New York Times article, that they profile whose name is Karen Johnson. And it's strange the way they talk about it, where she talks about how she she's a lifelong Lutheran or grew up Lutheran and, and went to church every week and got perfect attendance awards at Sunday school and taught Sunday school for a number of years in her Lutheran days, but no longer goes. She had a, was married to a guy who didn't go to church, so she kind of drifted away then. But it says in the New York Times article that she still considers herself an evangelical Christian. And I'm reading this and I'm just going, well... American Lutherans have never called themselves evangelicals. That's not a term we've used. So, I mean, I don't mean to argue with the lady about how she's identifying, but if you are a Lutheran, you don't properly fall into the category of evangelical. And if you grew up Lutheran, you almost certainly didn't grow up identifying yourself as an evangelical. The only reason you'd say you were still an evangelical 
is if you just kind of had the wiring in your the sort of the language part of your brain rewired by virtue of the way that the media speaks to you. So I think you just had a lady who was told evangelicals are this kind of person, people who have this kind of disposition. And she goes, all right, well, even though I don't still go to church, I still love God when I think about him. And that's why I love Donald Trump. So I must, be, I must have always been an evangelical, even though she never would have grown up referring to herself as that. Is there a, a similar problem with the terms like Catholic? Because it's ill-defined and often undefined. Yeah, again, I think, you know, a lot of, you'll see this every kind of election cycle. People will say, well, who's, you know, which candidate is going to win the Catholic vote, which is a worthless category because Catholics in America is such a big group that it's just a microcosm, relatively large microcosm of the rest of the country. And so whoever wins the Catholic vote generally wins the presidency because that's just America, but slightly smaller. But if you pair that down to, again, who goes to church often? Who What Catholics go to mass more than once a month? Okay, well, then those are probably your actual practicing Catholics. The other ones, you know, according to Catholic theology, may be bad Catholics, but not not Catholics, right? Or you can have someone, again, and not, not to pick on the lady from the piece, but if you still identify as a Lutheran, despite the fact that you haven't gone to church in 30 years, well, that's not a Lutheran according to the Lutheran definition. You know, I don't know that she was ever placed under discipline by her congregation or whatever it might be. But these terms, evangelical, Lutheran, Catholic, Protestant, whatever they might be, these terms have definitions. And even if the definitions are a little bit, if the borders of the definition are a little bit murky, depending on the tradition, we still, if we, if we want to have worthwhile discourse we still need to make some good faith effort to actually figure out whether the people that we're talking about properly belong to the tradition or not. In that vein, what I'd like to see in polling of both the public and our politicians are two specific questions, which I think could clear a lot of it up. And that is, where do you worship and how often do you worship? What are your thoughts there? I think that's a great question. So yeah, that's a a great question is, okay, if you want someone's political beliefs to in any way, shape, or form be a reflection on their religious beliefs, or if you want to make the argument that their religious beliefs are informing their political beliefs, then the question is, well, how often are they being fed in their religious beliefs? How often are they being taught this? From where have they learned this? And yeah, and if the answer is, well, they're not actually going to church anywhere or where they're learning this then to what extent can we really say that they're, it's probably much more likely that their political beliefs are influencing their religious beliefs rather than the other way around. How close are we through the concerted effort of the media largely of seeing the term evangelical become a pejorative the same way fundamentalist became a pejorative? Oh yeah, I think we're there. I think we're very, very much there. Uh, as, as I said, um, the term has a historical meaning that you can, there's a guy named uh, David Bebbington, who's kind of a historian who talks about the evangelicalism quadrilateral, which is his way of kind of trying to iron out the edges of what makes an evangelical evangelical. And there's some debate amongst evangelicals as to how accurate that is, but it's at least kind of a starting off point where you have a belief in what he calls conversionism. So in being born again and living a life that's dedicated to following Jesus in what he calls biblicism. So a high regard for 
the inerrancy of the scripture, the truth of the scriptures. There's activism and centrism. Uh, activism basically meaning that like your faith should inspire you to live a life working in missionary organizations or, or seeking the expanse of God's kingdom, and that your life should be centered in, in the cross of Jesus, in a belief that the salvation of mankind is at the heart of, of everything that you do. So that's, if that's what the word means, this is clearly not how it's being used, right? So, so the term evangelical, when, when people say evangelical, white evangelicals are overwhelmingly supportive of Trump. It's a little bit like saying Trump voters are overwhelmingly s- supportive of Trump, right? Is that you just, you take a group of people and you discount the ones that don't fit the narrative, and then you shove into the definition of the word that you're using those who don't properly belong to it, and you go, oh my goodness, look at the results here. So in the end, it's, it's a bit like when I was in school, they would give us the guilt trip about how bad our country was by telling us how poorly American students did in testing compared to other countries, you know, so all the European countries and the Asian countries and stuff, they did uh, so much better in, in math testing, you know, than we do. And then you get older and you find out they're only comparing us. Europeans do track schooling, right? So uh, that, you know, they have like the kids that are on the college level and then the middle level and then sort of the lowest level. They only compare all of Americans to the highest level of European kids. So all they're telling you is that the top third of European children are smarter than the average American student, which is as useless of a piece of information as telling us the top third of American students are smarter than the average American student. And you see kind of the same thing with all of this is that this just shock and disbelief. Can you believe that all of these evangelical Christians are so supportive of Trump? And you're like, well, yeah, if you let a bunch of people in who don't fit the term, you're going to have an abnormally high percentage of people who are supporting Trump. It's a relatively useless statistic. Are the so-called new evangelicals, are some of the so-called new evangelicals even Christian, as far as we can tell? Right, yeah, that's the bigger question, right? I mean, they, they profile a lady in the New York Times piece who says something along the lines of, how Donald Trump is the only savior she can see, or or there's, I have a link in the piece to a group of people at some sort of Trump support thing in Iowa who are cheering on this video being played of, of God created Trump, which casts Trump as this kind of messianic type figure. And you look at that and you go, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're an idolater who's who's worshiping a prince rather than the king of kings when you see stuff like that. Yeah, so when you when you have people who couldn't even begin to articulate for you what it means to believe in the triune God, but can tell you how Donald Trump is God's anointed servant to accomplish whatever it is, then you look at that and you go, yeah, that just sounds like you have an entirely false God. So allowing them to qualify for the definition of a Christian religion that by default excludes anyone who doesn't actually affirm the Trinity is just silly. One final question for you, Hans. You say, I'm tired of seeing Christian-scented Trump worshipers falsely labeled as evangelicals in order to play guilt by association with faithful Christians who are guilty of nothing but hoping to bring about godly policies through an ungodly politician. Unpack that for us. Yeah, so what what I mean by Christian-scented is people who will use kind of Christian-ish language, but at the core of what they believe is is not actually the Christian faith. 
So for people who, who will use Christian-ish language to surround the idea of supporting a president so that he can wage a war of vengeance against his enemies and their enemies, uh, people who are motivated by bitterness, but will use kind of Bible-scented language that they've heard around. So that's not a properly speaking an evangelical. That's not someone who belongs to the group. Whereas in all of this, I'm not at all saying that people can't be Christian and vote for Donald Trump. But what I am saying is that for many Christians, there's this idea of, look, I recognize he is a sinful man who has said and done things that are that are evil, who, who may continue to do that. But from a pragmatic standpoint, he's signing pieces of legislation that I think are beneficial to the nation and are beneficial to my neighbor. And so it's an, kind of an uneasy alliance but it's a calculated and thoughtful one that they've come to based on a Christian view of the world. And it's just unfair and, and meaningless to lump people who want to treat Donald Trump as a messiah that's kind of surrounded with Christian language. It's unfair to, to lump actual true Christians in with the other group so that you can demonize the faithful. Pastor Hans Feeney is pastor of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in St. Louis. He's a contributor to The Federalist, creator of a series of comical videos called Lutheran Satire, and author of a recent column for World News Group titled A New Kind of Evangelical. You'll find a link to it and to Lutheran Satire at issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Hans, thanks. Good to be with you. We will discuss a new report on the impact of pro-life pregnancy help centers with Dr. Michael New of the Charlotte Lozier Institute next. Here's an easy way for you to help us cast ChristNet on the internet. Subscribe, rate, and review the Issues Etc. podcast with your podcast provider. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit the subscription button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. Help us reach more listeners in 2024. Subscribe, rate, and review Issues Etc. today. Unforgiveness is a prison, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January will help you break out of the unforgiveness in your own life. It's titled, Unforgivable? How God's Forgiveness Transforms Our Lives. This new book is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040 or learn more about Unforgivable at issuesetc.org. Unforgivable, How God's Forgiveness Transforms Our Lives, The Issues Etc. Book of the Month. Theology for Blue Collar, White Collar, and Clerical Collar. You're listening to Issues Etc. This is Pastor Matthew Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The LCMS operates the second largest parochial school system in the United States. What can you expect from a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod School? There's one race, the human race. And Jesus died for the sins of every man, woman, and child from every land and every nation. Life begins at conception. All life is precious from womb to tomb. And every student, parent, and teacher is created in the very image of God. There's right and wrong. 
and we know which is which from the Ten Commandments. There are only two sexes, male and female, he created them. Marriage is the lifelong union of one man and one woman. There's such a thing as objective, absolute truth, and it's found in the person and work of Jesus Christ and His Word. To find a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod school near you, visit lcms.org schools.